0: What's going on and welcome to a very special edition of the Pelicans Podcast presented by SeatGeek, Daniel Salerson, alongside Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. Normally by this time of the year, we would have started our Pelicans Podcast along with the Saints one. We used to do the Black and Blue Report, but we have spaced them out now. We have separated the two, so Caroline Gonzalez has done a great job with the Saints Podcast. And now it's my turn with the Pelicans Podcast. It will begin in October with training camp, but of course, We had to have a special edition of the podcast with the NBA schedule being released yesterday afternoon. I know, Jim, we've been waiting for this moment for a long time as our lives are kind of been determined based on this schedule for six to seven months. But now that it's here, I'm I'm excited to kind of know what's ahead for the Pelicans.
1: For sure. And I mean, I think this goes with a lot of things that have happened since April, since the end of last season. But I mean, you can tell me what you think. But to me, this was even more anticipated schedule than usual. Just because of all of the excitement of what happened this summer with the draft and some of the additions that were made, whether it was in trades or free agency, so this was this was a little different, I think, this year. I've I've been here; we both of us have been here now for long enough that we've gone through this process of the schedule release. But to me, there was a little added anticipation and excitement, especially just thinking about what kind of exposure this this team was going to get.
0: And I think we should start with that with the national games. I think that's the biggest storyline for the New Orleans Pelicans. and You can break it down more, um, but 20 national games between ESPN and TNT. You had 10 NBA TV games. That's 30 of your 82. And I know there's been some seasons where we've had roughly around that in some of the Anthony Davis era, but to have that one year after how – Yes, last season played out for the Pelicans. Um, I wasn't surprised based on Zion Williamson and others, especially J.J. Redick, and this team is very going to be very exciting to watch, but it's pretty impressive to have 20 games on national television just between those two channels.
1: Yeah, it certainly shows the excitement for this team is definitely not just here in the city of New Orleans or in this region. Um, to kind of put some of it in, in context, I think – even though, like you said, there's been years where there have been a good amount of national games, if you set aside, the, if you don't count the NBA TV part of it, you talk about just ABC, TNT, and ESPN, the most that the team has ever had in franchise history was 13 games. So they went up to 20 this season. Um, that's over a 50% jump from any previous season that they've ever had. So, I mean, it's, it's really great news on a lot of different fronts. But, I mean, I think it's also really impressive to put it, based on what happened last season and how disappointing and frustrating that was to get to this point now where they're one of the, we haven't had time yet to look at the other teams and how many national TV games that they have. But I mean, I would venture to guess they're probably the Pelicans are probably in the top six or eight. There might be six or seven teams possibly that have more than 20 national TV games. But to be at that level, I mean, if you're above, you know, 15, 18 national TV games, you're on a ton. If you look at historically over the years. So I'm just really happy for for everyone here, really, that, that um, this is such a great acknowledgement of how much people want to watch this team play. And it's n- not just a local thing, but I think it's all across the league, and obviously the TV networks feel the same way.
0: Of course, the Lakers and the Clippers are going to be the two of the teams that are going to max out probably those national television games, especially when they play each other there. Um, one of them is on Christmas Day. Um, Let's talk about Christmas Day a little bit because the Pelicans will be a part of Christmas Day, which is a nice surprise for New Orleans. Um, Not only the Christmas Day game, but as part of those 20 nationally televised games. Two ABC games, which Mm. the Pelicans have not seen since they um, began this new format with the ABC Saturday showcases. Sometimes they have Sundays, but the Pelicans have not been on ABC in quite some time or if at all. So the fact that it may be earlier years with Chris Paul and stuff Mm -hmm. when they didn't Mm -hmm. have that... Much of a schedule with ABC, but sure. the fact that you have two of those—one on Super Bowl Sunday against the Houston Rockets—I um, can't find the other one. Is I'm sure I'll find it in a second here. It's
1: uh, Clippers and Clippers, Jerry. Thank yep. you very much. Mm-hmm. But
0: between those three games, that's what stands out to me. On Christmas at Denver, and then those two ABC games—that's where you kind of see where the Pelicans stand as far as the ranks sure. of other NBA teams as far as national games go.
1: You know, it's funny with the ABC um, situation. The I don't know this hundred percent is true, but I think it's about ninety nine point nine percent true that the last time New Orleans was on ABC was two, a regular season game was two thousand nine. Okay, they had a game against Dallas. So since the team became the Pelicans, not the Hornets, right. they have not. Ha- this will be the first time that they've ever had any regular season game on ABC, and there's two of them within a span of yeah. fifteen
0: days. That's still at- ten years since right. the last one. Sure,
1: sure. And I think people have debated this and argued about this over the last few years, but. Um, because ABC's schedule is such a select group, a lot of times you see the same handful of teams on ABCs. They might have ten games, but they'll show, uh, um, the same five or six yeah. teams, which might be the case this year. Again, we don't haven't had t- time to look at the overall schedule, but the fact that the Pelicans were picked for ABC games to me says a lot. Once again, because they don't ABC. You know, again, people have different opinions of whether they like this or don't like this, but. They don't show, they're not showing, you know, teams that don't have, teams that are kind of middling as far as interest nationally. They only show the teams that are, like, at the top of the list, so, again, that's another great sign that people are, people are excited about the Pelicans and that they're going to have a game on Super Bowl Sunday, they're going to have a game a couple weeks before that against the Clippers, so... It's it's just great. It's just stuff that's really unprecedented, which I think is, is is cool to see.
0: You saw a lot of Lakers last year, a lot of Warriors, a lot of Rockets, mm-hmm. Thunder even with Westbrook and Paul George, Those four teams, it seemed like they would play each other on there. Right. Um, yeah. That was, it, it seemed to be that there was, a, you're right, like top five or six teams that you mm-hmm. knew was going to draw some attention would be on that ABC. So either the Pelicans are already up there as far as a team that everyone's going to be excited to see – or maybe they're starting to change the format a little bit, which is fine, too, as far as maybe yeah. adding a few teams that add more intrigue, but not as much maybe as those top. Sure. Two teams.
1: And, and, you know, this is a whole greater discussion that we probably don't have time to get into today, but we might as we get closer to the actual season. To me, if you look around the league, there's more there are more teams that are interesting to watch. I think there's more attractive games on the Pelicans home schedule because of the way that the talent was dispersed around the league this summer. It wasn't all just concentrated in golden state and a couple other places. So a lot of the teams, some of the teams that you mentioned that were on ABC schedule a lot this year are the same this year, as far as um, the Lakers and Houston, but Houston just subbed out Chris Paul for Westbrook. Right. But there's also the Clippers, I think are a lot more interesting.
0: Um, Brooklyn will Brooklyn with game.
1: Kyrie and then Durant will be coming yep. later a, a year down the road. Um, Golden State is still attractive, even yeah. though they lost Durant. So I, there were a lot of really good things that happened in terms of making the interest in the league, I think, more spread across more teams. And I think because of that, that's probably going to affect the national TV schedule as well, which I think is a good thing because this is just my opinion, but I I think it's, it's better to have the, it not be – Golden State versus the Lakers or whoever every single time that you turn on a national TV game.
0: Absolutely. And I want to stick with this national TV theme for just one more topic, and that's opening night because the Pelicans are going to do something that is really challenging, and that's go to place the defending champs on the night that Mm -hmm. they received their rings. And, of course, that means a longer ceremony and and everything else. You go to Toronto, and obviously, with Kawhi going to the Clippers, Toronto's lost a little bit of that luster as the defending Mm champs, but nonetheless... That's a very tough opponent and a very tough place to play, especially on the night where everyone gets the rings. It is.
1: You know, it's funny. I don't know what the stats are on this now, but I remember as of maybe six, eight years ago, the teams that had that had a ring night actually didn't have a great record for a long stretch. And the theory, the theory, right? Exactly. The theory was that you're thinking about that. You're, you're, st- you're kind of still in celebration mode because you're basking in what you did the previous season. So there was an element to people kind of liking being the visiting team on that night. Um so I'm not sure if that still holds true the last few years based on the results of games but um but the Pelicans were in Golden State in 15 or 16 to, for their ring night so this will be the second time that the Pelicans have been part of that I mean setting aside the competitiveness part or or what your chances are of winning or losing I enjoy it just because it's it's something it's not a huge element but it's it's a piece of NBA history that you get to experience and you get to be there for you we can always say that we were there and when in 2015 when the Warriors got I think their first rings during mm-hmm. this recent stretch. So it'll be cool. I grew up in upstate New York. Toronto was actually the closest NBA team to where I'm from. So from a personal sentimental reason, I kind of think it's cool that I'll be able to be there for their to for the first time that they've ever won a championship. But as soon as they get their rings, it's time to uh to get competitive and, and try to get a win, a win against them.
0: Are you even allowed to travel internationally? I thought there was some <laughs> band on you that uh, might.
1: Uh... N- you know what? I've traveled with the team for the last six seasons. and I've never had an issue going into Toronto. Hopefully the Canadian authorities are not listening to this podcast and what you just said triggers some kind of investigation or whatever. But uh, but it's been so it's been fine so far, and I hope to continue that.
0: I know they are avid fans of the podcast, so they might be <laughs> listening right now. So you never know. For sure. For um, sure. what else stuck out to you? I think a a big game that stuck out to me, and of course, it's gonna stick out to everyone, is November twenty seventh against the Los Angeles Lakers, and of course, LeBron James comes to town, but someone else is coming to the town as well, and his name is Anthony Davis. What are you expecting from that night? And I know it's way too early, based on it's only August. Sure. But the storyline now is going to be talked about for the next couple of days. Um, and it was already leaked probably last week as far as this game being where it was. Mm-hmm. But it's the night before Thanksgiving. And ironically, you have the Falcons and Saints on Thanksgiving the next night in Atlanta. Um, mm. But the fact that you have the Lakers, I think, are starting to going to turn into somewhat of a rivalry sure. in the next few years. So now that you have back-to-back rivalry games, one being at home, one being on the road, but... That game, I think, is going to be one of the main ones circled on everyone's calendar November 27th.
1: As you as you referenced, um, it was reported by a bunch of different people um, that that game was going to take place but e- on November 27th. But even before then, I think when I started picturing, I talked about this with people um, around here, when you started picturing what that Lakers game was going to be like, I mean, I'm picturing just like a, I don't know if circus is the right word. It's going to be just <laughs> out be of control right as far as, I mean, it's not just Anthony Davis, but it's also obviously people go crazy for the Le- LeBron game, whatever team LeBron's on. People are excited to watch that game and see him play. And then you also have a couple other uh, former Pelicans on the team with DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo. Quinn Cook was also here a few years ago. Um, so it's, it's, it's incredible to, to see what the, they've done with their roster as far as that you almost have the same roster that was here um, a few years ago. So one one fact I'll throw in about the Lakers, too, and the rivalry or whatever you you want to call it at this stage, all four of the games, whether it's the two here or the two in L.A. are on national TV. So I think the executives sat down and said, you know, these are definitely games that we want to put on TV and have everyone nationally be able to to see them. So they did a good job of making sure that those games are going to be very well promoted.
0: A lot of eyeballs on those games, that's for sure. Um, we always talk about back-to-backs and the NBA trying to do as m- best they can to space out games, whether it's starting a week early. Um, I think they're going back to a week later now as far as regular season because last year wasn't around the 15th, 16th that we started playing yeah, regular season it, games.
1: it's pushed back kind of, but I think some of it is the way that the calendar fell. Okay. But it's it, you could you could argue that it's at least a half right. of a week later than, than usual in terms of the number of day.
0: So the goal obviously is to eliminate back-to-backs as much as they can. Four games in five nights was another one that they wanted to eliminate as, mm-hmm. or, or try to eliminate as much as they can, and then space yep. out games a little bit. Do you feel like this got a little better this year with 12 back-to-backs for New Orleans? Yeah,
1: because I think that's the that's also the least that the team's ever had. I think last season it was 13, I believe. was the. Um, I know there's different versions of the schedule that in last-minute changes um, – At one point, there was only 11, and then it ended up being 12 after they made a few switches. But um, not only is there 12 back-to-backs, which is the least they've ever had, but one of them is a home-home back-to-back, which I don't necessarily really consider a true back-to-back because you don't have to travel. You get to sleep in your own bed. It's very easy. Um, So I want to give the league credit again for – and. This might even be more the case when we see what other teams have around the league in terms of number of back-to-backs. There might be other teams that only have 9 or 10. I mean, to be able to get to that point, is, to me, is is just really impressive, and it's been great to see how they continually improve the process for making the schedule. Because if you remember back, I think even even um, since you've been here even if four or five years ago, a lot of teams had 20 back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. So to be able to go from 20 on a regular basis from year to year to now 11 this season or 12 this season. I mean, that's, that's a really big jump and it just improves so many things as far as the caliber quality of play, the sleep, obviously that everyone gets, including us. So, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just really um, positive about that. And there's a couple situations specific to the Pelicans that aren't great. As far as having a home road back to back where the second game is in Minnesota. That's not exactly. Those are just the
0: worst. Yeah. Those are
1: pretty (laughs) bad, but, um, but uh, overall, I mean, I don't think there's really much to complain about, especially when you compare it to how things were five or six years ago. Yeah,
0: you mentioned the back-to-backs. Um, back-to-backs are at a historic low for the fifth straight season. Mm. Teams will average 12.4 this season, down from 13.3 last season. Five games and seven nights also have been reduced by 9.5%. So it seems like every year um, they're finding different ways um, to do it. But also what we've noticed here and what people are talking about now is it seems like they're trying to move up start times for nationally mm. televised games. Yeah, As some used to start at 10.30 Eastern time, the second game with a doubleheader, those seem to now be moving up to 10 or 9.30. We've noticed here on some of the home games that are nationally televised, a 6.30 start. And mm-hmm. Normally at home, we're locked in at 7 o'clock unless it's a weekend yeah. game where it could be an afternoon. But to see some 6.30s, I think that's nice one for the Eastern the Eastern time zone folks to watch the mm-hmm. game, but also for everyone. I mean, you're just, it's so late sometimes when these games start. Yeah.
1: I don't have any scientific data for this, but I think my gut feeling is that the vast majority of fans, even that come to the games will, would prefer 6:30 to seven o'clock because obviously if you have kids or whatever, you're going to get home earlier and you can have it, it's more of a family night because you know, you're not going to get home at 10, Um, so that half hour is nice. Um, there's definitely a segment of fans. And again, this is just, there's no, I don't have data on this. There's definitely some fans that won't like the 6:30 because if they have to get out of work or whatever, they have to do X, Y, Z before they come to the arena, it's going to make it tough for them to get there on time. But, um, but in general, the thought process that the league has about making the games at better times, I think is nothing but positive again. I mean, I in general, there's always going to be cases where there's a certain portion of the fan base or whoever doesn't like some of the changes, but um, I just like the mindset that they have. Another thing I noticed quickly is um, there's more day games on the Pelican schedule than usual, and I think I like the Saturday day games that they've started to implement more. It seemed like if you go back a few years, um, the Saturday games were always at night. Yep. There was always at 7 o'clock wherever you were playing. Um, there's a one o'clock game I think on here somewhere. There's a four o'clock game Saturday. Um two thirty at home yeah, too, which is a, nice. and there's a yeah, it's a Sunday a Sunday two thirty 30 So um and even for international fans, just based on the time difference, a lot of times having more day games it makes it easier for them to be able to watch if you're in Europe, for example. So, um again, I, I guess I don't have as many complaints or gripes as I do this year. I, I do feel overall that um That that they they did a a really good job and I'm really happy with a lot of the elements of what we're seeing today.
0: Seventeen weekend games at home for the Pelicans if you're counting Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And for me, that seems higher than a lot of times where we see, especially with the Saints schedule, you lose a lot of those weekends when whether the Saints are in town Mm -hmm. between the Bayou Classic. Then you have college football with the Sugar Bowl. This year it's the national championship, I believe, or one of the semifinals, I think. Um, National championship. National championship championship for college football. Mm -hmm. But to have 17-year 41 on the weekend, plus with everything so spread out, like you said with free agency, as far as so many more teams Mm -hmm. are more prone for people to come to watch, I think this makes the home schedule very fan-friendly, if you ask me.
1: Definitely. And specific to that, to me, um, it changes every year, but – there, there are a lot of really good home games at the beginning of the season this year. I think really a lot of the – if you look at um, October and November, there are a ton of games where it's there's plenty of reason for people to come. I mean, even some of them are national TV. So um, Home opener. Yeah, mid-Dallas. so that's good. This, I mean, there's a bunch of minutia that we could get into. One quick thing that I noticed about the home schedule that I think is different from a lot of years really – um, what happened? And I'm not complaining, but what happened to the Wednesday? We it seemed like we were like Wednesday home games was the thing. Like we'd have 12 or 15 of those um, every season for whatever reason the league um, liked to give us Wednesday home games. But this year there's really hardly any, which you know. So that's that's interesting. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but um, I do think that part of what changed the Pelicans sp- schedule specifically too is that you put them on Thursday a lot more with the TNT games, and therefore. You're playing on Tuesday and Thursday a lot more than than it was in the past.
0: Eight Thursday games. If you break it down by games by day of the week, the three most popular days are all weekends, um, no matter Mm. if it's home or road. 14 on Friday and Saturday and 13 on Sunday, and obviously the Thursday with eight is the least amount, but only 11 on Wednesday. You mentioned that. Only four at home, seven on the road. Jim, before we get out of here, what else stuck out to you as far as the schedule? I know we could probably talk for hours going – road trip by road trip or sure. maybe the stretch at the end that sticks out to you. Is there anything else that after we've dived into this for the last week or so that you've seen and you've liked about the schedule?
1: Um, I, I mean, I think we covered some of this slightly, but I, I just, when I look over the schedule overall, I'm just kind of amazed at how many games are just really intriguing ones that I'm going to, a little shameless plug here, self, self-promotion, I did, on the website, <laughs> I did an article on the website. I did an article on website that was the 30 games to watch. I usually do 20, but I mean it was so easy between the 20 national TV games and all the other stuff. It was easy, so easy to find 30 games that that there was some kind of storyline or some kind of attraction as far as national or, or local interest. So um, just overall, I just feel like there's just a lot, lot of interesting stuff going on. And I mean, I know we've said this a million times, but I mean, how everyone is so excited and I, I think people are so excited to be able to get this thing started.
0: Speaking of promotions, um, you also had something with the five home games, correct? Um, right.
1: Yeah, the five uh, most exciting home games. so um, there's a
0: contest with that as well.. correct? There
1: is a contest with that. I don't know a ton of the details. I'm just the the guy that uh, You're just cranked out the yeah. article okay but um but yeah, they there's a there's a contest with that and um, also, um i'm gonna have it's already started i'm having um people are gonna be able to vote on on the game that they're most looking forward to on twitter i'll have a bunch of polls i'm gonna have kind of a bracket so i think that's gonna kind of take over everything this week
0: august madness follow jim at (laughs) jim underscore eichenhoffer for his bracketology and breakdown of the schedule again there's plenty more on pelicans.com there's a video with a schedule release and we'll do everything we can to break it down for you, um, again, without going an hour and a half here. We kind of got the nuts and bolts of this schedule. You play every team at least twice, um, but nonetheless, 20 nationally televised games, 30 if you include NBA TV. You open on the road against the defending champs. You see the Lakers come in on November 27th. Christmas Day at Denver, last game of Christmas night, so you can get all of your Christmas festivities in and then get settled in if you're not passed out already by, for Pelicans and Nuggets at 9.30 Central. So, Jim, here we go. Uh, I'm excited. I know this is kind of a dead time now until training camp as far as the Pelicans are concerned, but this was a kind of nice in-between to talk about the schedule, and now I'm ready to get going. Yeah, I feel
1: like we had maybe two or three days where the NBA wasn't at the forefront of conversation in in the sports world, and then we come right back with the schedule release right now, and it's kind of back in the conversation at least— for a little while before we start to get a lot more serious, maybe as we get closer to the end of September.
0: And Jim will be a regular on the uh, new Saint or Pelicans podcast, excuse me, starting on October third. Same with Todd Graf and you need a new radio voice of the Pelicans and plenty more. Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, all of us. It's going to be sort of a new format, three days a week again. But between all of us, at least two or three will be on one podcast. We'll have great guests, whether we're on the road, whether we're at home. And um, it should be fun, and we're looking forward to that starting on October 3rd. More details to come on that as we get closer to that date. Jim, appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you soon.
1: No problem. I enjoyed it.
0: All right. Appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you in October. Thanks for listening to this Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.